This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stacy, it's time for us to fess up and admit that we're both kind of obsessed with our hair. <laughs> Megan, you're spilling our secrets. But it's true and kind of with good reason. I'm the daughter of a hairdresser and you, well, I mean, you have gorgeous hair. I'm obsessed with your hair too. <laughs> Even though I'm low maintenance, I really do take hair health seriously and I'm always excited to find products that help. So I'm pretty stoked about our latest sponsor, Nutrafol, a 100% drug-free dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. I'm also thrilled to be trying Nutrafol, especially since my PCOS can cause excessive hair loss, especially during hormonal shifts like postpartum and premenopause. Postpartum is actually when I first became serious about hair health. Did you know that more than 50% of women experience excessive shedding naturally within three to four months of giving birth? I did, and I totally experienced that too. Nutrafol Postpartum has ingredients that can help bring your body back into balance. It's breastfeeding friendly and OBGYN developed using clinically tested natural ingredients that help support whole body recovery and fill nutrition gaps that help manage shedding and grow stronger, thicker hair. And an added bonus, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and better skin and nails. Who doesn't want all of that? I wish that I'd had Nutrafol when I was postpartum, but I'm thankful to try Nutrafol Woman. Here, here. Wherever you are in your motherhood journey, there's a Nutrafol for you. Join us, support the show, and grow stronger, healthier hair by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code D-I-J-F-Y to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Summer ingredients, summer produce pairs really, really well with seafood. 
And the thing that I love most about summer cooking is that it can have a really light touch. You don't need to go heavy on the heat. You don't need to cook things for a really long time. And I think seafood really benefits from that same approach. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Welcome to this week's episode of Didn't I Just Feed You. Before we get too deep into it, don't forget to subscribe right now, right where you're listening. And we would be ever grateful if you could just take an extra minute and leave us a rating or a review too. Those ratings help us improve as podcasters and they help other busy parents and home cooks find us. I like how you riffed on it, that it's going to help us improve as podcasters. <laughs> I just I love always that. Be transparent that not every review is glowing and that we're fine with that. Like whatever kind of review you want to leave us does actually help in some way. It's true. We reflect on the ones that are negative. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not waste time talking about reviews. And let's talk about this idea that you threw into the hat, which I love, this idea of summer seafood. We did a whole episode earlier this year about how to get your family to like seafood. And I think that there might be some magic in summer seafood. Well, it's so funny because you kind of blew my mind before we got on the mic (laughs) telling me that summer is not the best time to eat seafood. So I was unfamiliar with this. You were only kind of loosely familiar with this, but I feel like maybe just very briefly, we can address it in case that's like lingering in the back of someone's mind. It's something that they've heard before, but I think it has to do, you were saying with like red tide in the summer and that that's not, it's a kind of algae that's not great for us and it gets absorbed by the seafood, but it does seem like the bottom line is that fisheries, fisher people, fisher Fisher people, fisher folks (laughs) are being carefully monitored during any season where there might be some more health concerns. Okay. Is this a weird like thing? Because I spent summers in Vermont with my dad and the, the, it's not all seafood. It's specifically shellfish. Okay. This idea that like you should only eat shellfish in months that contain the letter R, which does is not June, July, and August, but is September through January. Never heard that before in my life. I don't know where I even like knew that that was a rule. I'm I do feel like it's a weird like old school thing that might be my like yeah my grandparents and like being relatively close to Maine and which is so weird though because isn't this this is lobster roll season. Right. Are you kidding? Well, so you touched on the red algae thing, which I do think is like really managed now. It's sort of like the whole trichinosis and pork thing where people mm-hmm. for a long time were like, you have to cook pork until it's white all the way through. Yes. And now we're like a nice rosy pink in your pork tenderloin is like where you want to go. So it's like old school advice based on probably legit concerns at a time that we've managed now with technology. And the other thing being less about the the algae levels and that being toxic to humans, but also allowing those varieties of shellfish to respawn during the summer months. And that like, yes, we want them to repopulate, but also maybe like during spawning season, some shellfish doesn't taste as good. But I think we're here to like, be like, no, 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 no. Like summer is the season where you want to eat seafood in general. And that does include 
shellfish. Yeah. You know, so if that's in the back of your head, I think the bottom line is it's safe. Why we wanted to focus on summer seafood. Well, I'll just speak for myself, Megan. Okay. I like fried seafood. (laughs) Summer (laughs) seems like the time to eat that. I'm so... And I also love love lobster rolls. Yes. And it's... I mean, I think of summer as the season to get lobster rolls. You can also get shrimp rolls. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. But it's like... To me, it's quintessential East Coast beach food. And then I think about going to the West Coast or Southern California, and I think of that beach food as being fried fish tacos, like on little tiny corn tortillas, and you can eat like you can pop them one after another. I don't know. It's like with nothing more than just like a little lightly vinegared or pickled cabbage and some jalapenos. I just really think that summer ingredients, summer produce pairs really, really well with seafood. And the thing that I love most about summer cooking is that it can have a really light touch. You don't need to go heavy on the heat. You don't need to cook things for a really long time. And I think seafood really benefits from that same approach. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because when you jumped in and you were like, well, I want to eat like all the fried seafood. I was like, mm-hmm. but I don't love to fry in the summer. I want to go somewhere and let someone else. Oh yeah. I'm fry. not doing the fry. <laughs> <laughs> but for some but, reason, fried seafood is like summer food to me. Yes. But I do think there's something to the, where you ended up, which is this idea that all the ways we like to cook seafood are also in line with what we feel like summer cooking is. So it's light, it's like poaching fish or broiling it for just a little bit of time. So you're not heating up your whole house or doing it all on the grill or like in the South, seafood boils are a big thing. And all of that is outside, right? Like you're not even having to heat up the kitchen to have a meal that feels delicious, maybe a little bit fancy and super fun for summer eating. And we're like hitting that time where it's like, okay, burgers, hot dogs, we've done it. What else can we throw into the rotation? Either for like weeknight meals or for gatherings too. Yes. So should we talk about what type of seafood you're eating? You mentioned like fried fish tacos, you mentioned shrimp and lobster rolls, but is there, are there like things that are in season in the summer that are better to eat now than any other time of year? I don't know about the seafood seasons, to be completely honest, but I'm going to start with scallops because one of my favorite ways to eat scallops is either like very quickly pan fried or grilled and served with summer corn and summer tomatoes. Yes. I love it so much. I mean, it could literally be raw corn and tomato salad. You can put the fresh corn in corn polenta and cook the tomatoes down. You can grill tomatoes and grill corn and then put it to it. Like that trio of ingredients is so beautiful to me. And one of my favorite things that I just associate so strongly with summer. I also find, and I want I want us to talk about this later more, okay. but I find that scallops are very kid-friendly. And I say that fully admitting that my kids don't like scallops now. And I don't know, <laughs> they just like made a decision along the way. You know how kids yes, do that? Yes, when my do. kids were little, they loved scallops. It has a slightly firmer texture that I think for young kids is maybe a little bit more familiar. It's not that flaky fall apart texture. It's got a little bit of firmness, 
They're a little bit sweet. If they are fresh, they don't have any kind of fishy taste whatsoever. And they're just like nicely little, they're portioned already. You can get really tiny base scallops or you can get bigger ones and cut them up. You kind of drench them in butter, especially if you're going to do a pan sear. And it's just so like sweet and buttery. So I think that they're a great way to introduce seafood to kids. If you have a kid that's open to even trying scallops in the first place, you might be surprised. And I do want to talk in general about why I think summer seafood is great for feeding kids. But let's let's keep talking about what we're eating first and get to that later. Okay. I'm so glad you mentioned sea scallops. And I just want to add on the kid thing that... It reminds me a little bit of tofu where it's like, if you cook it correctly, your kiddo yes. might be like, oh, this chicken is delicious. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you can be like, yes, these chicken scallops are delicious. Um, I pulled up this thing from Seafood Nutrition, which also says that in June, July and August, sea scallops are a shellfish that are in season. So I just want to say... As usual, Billis, you are right on the money. Nice. I like when I'm accidentally right. (laughs) Another shellfish that's worth mentioning and talking about is mussels because mussels are also in season during the summer months. And another thing that's like somewhat mild flavor, I know it's a different visual that you have to present to your kiddos, but they're really fast cooking they're easy to flavor with all those summer flavors that you're talking about, Stacey, like some fresh tomatoes cooked in a little bit of butter and some wine on the Mm. stove. And then you just throw the mussels in for just a few minutes and eat that like out on your deck with crusty bread and more wine or lemonade. It's like one of my favorite summer meals. You can make it a little bit spicy. You could get really ambitious and do like frozen French fries and have mussels and frites, which is a great, great dish dinner. I'm, I also want to sh- share something. I don't know that we've ever talked about. Did we talk about this in the seafood episode that I have a clam allergy? I can eat mussels, but not clams. I so I always know. appreciate like if there's a seafood boil where there are mussels and shrimp because I cannot do clams. I love clams. And I'll just say that they also, it's the same idea, a nice light broth, but friend fried clams Oh, it's so good. Like a fried clam, like po'boy or sandwich is one of my favorites too. Yes. So good. See, I would opt for, like, I understand the appeal of fried clams because I love a fry, fried oysters, like an oyster po'boy. Give me. Which oyster, looking at this chart, like our oysters are more in season later in the summer, like late August, early yeah. September, the time to be eating those. Do you like raw oysters? I love raw oysters. So do I. And have your kids tried them? They haven't yet, but it's so funny. I Maybe in prepping for this episode, I was thinking, man, um, Emmett, who's our seafood lover, would be just so delighted to eat oysters. He loves that like briny flavor of things. And I think he would just really enjoy that. My kids tried oysters years ago and neither of them really liked it very much. So they haven't revisited, but they tried it. I was pretty surprised. I kind of want Oliver to try it again because I feel like a mignonette, like a classic one, is so vinegary and shallotty and has all those flavors that he really likes. And he might, if he just slurps it down, I think also Oliver, I remember him biting into the oyster and I remember thinking, mm, that's probably going to ruin it. 
<laughs> not because it isn't good, but you know what I mean? If you just kind of slurp yes. it down and like, like pick the sea flavor. How it's sort of like sluggy in texture. Yeah. And also like when you bite into it, you release a different set of flavors as opposed to that like just briny sea flavor kind of washing through your mouth and down your throat. You know what I mean? I do know exactly what you mean. Okay, since we're talking about shellfish, can we talk about what is the season for soft shell crabs? People love soft shell crabs. Okay. It is summer. It's not my favorite. Do you like them? I feel like I've maybe had them one time in a very fancy restaurant in Atlanta and enjoyed it. It was um, Bacchanalia, which is like this very fancy restaurant that my chefy boyfriend who I had before I met my husband worked at. <laughs> I don't, I just remember drinking a lot of wine, to be honest with you. But it's also blue crab season, which I do love like cooked just regular like boiled blue crab. Yes. So this is a great time. And soft shell crab is really great to just like bread and fry as well. I know a lot of people like it that way. Crab in general is not my favorite. Oh, why? See more. I don't know. It's just not just not my favorite flavor. Isaac is loves crab. Is effort for too little reward? Like you'd rather have a big meaty lobster? Yes. And I don't know, the flavor of lobster is a little bit more like mild and buttery to me. Okay. I don't know. It's just not a flavor I love. But you are, I keep saying, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. But so far, we've talked about mussels and clams and crabs. You just brought up lobster, which I love, you know, either just plain, like steamed, dipped in butter. I die for a summer lobster roll. And I want to talk about like there are different types of lobster rolls. I also like just like the tail grilled is really delicious. Yeah, so good. And I've seen recently that people will split the tail and then put like a stick through the meat and then grill it. So you end up with like a lobster tail on a stick. Which how fun is that? Yeah, right. At a dinner party, I would be so impressed with you. Right? I think so too. And that kind of that kind of gets to the point I was trying to like hold off on, but let's just go. Let's just jump in. It's right here in front of us. That I think that for kids who like food to be a little bit more sensory oriented, for kids who like to make a mess when they eat, for kids who like to dip and peel and eat with their fingers, I think summer seafood is a really great season to try to get them excited about eating seafood. You know, like it's so fun to just cover your backyard table with a whole bunch of newspaper and dump (laughs) seafood on top and let them go to town and there's butter everywhere and maybe some tartar sauce, which is kind of like a kind of ranchish vibe, okay, right? Okay, that might be a stretch. Too far, too far. Yes. Okay, too dip, far. Dip adjacent, and you know how we feel about dip and sauces in general for getting kids to try new food. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I don't think this is like a one size fits all because nothing ever is when it comes to picky eating. But if you have that kid who just really wants to like dig in and get messy and picks up the steak, you know, with a bone and gnaws on it. Summer seafood is a really great time to just have some fun with your food and go crazy and let everybody get messy and buttery and just kind of go for it. Yes. And we're talking about like oysters and lobster and crab, which can get a little bit more expensive, but things like mussels and honestly, like shrimp, even if you're not buying like fresh coastal shrimp, but you're choosing to do a seafood boil and you're doing it outside and doing like peel and eat jumbo shrimp. 
is a really great and easy place to start as far as like cooking, as far as introducing your kids to it. So I love this, this thought that like, it's a place to be messy and adventurous and eat outside and be as messy as you want to be, be a little bit chaotic for your kids who can't sit down. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, Megan, before you tell us more, let's take a quick break to hear from another sponsor this week. Megan, remember this winter when I was all about enlightened ice cream bars and desserts like their single serve cheesecakes? How could I forget when I was all about them too? Well, as much as I still love those, I am declaring it the summer of Sundays, as in ice cream Sundays. This season, I am all about grabbing pints of delicious creamy ice cream so that I can make all kinds of dreamy ice creamy Sundays. I am so here for this, and there are so many enlightened pint flavors that are perfect for whipping up other ice cream desserts, from homemade ice cream cakes to shakes and floats. Mm, yes, all of the above. I have been digging into their light ice cream, which comes in classic flavors like vanilla bean and mint chip, as well as impossibly indulgent flavors that pack in loads of mix-ins and swirls, like brownies and cookie dough and caramel fudge pretzel. And you know, they offer a similar range of deliciousness in keto and dairy-free options, too. You know what I'm about to add, Phyllis. As much as I appreciate options that make it easy for anyone eating any diet to enjoy quality ice cream, I am just here for the taste. And when it comes to pints, scoopability. And Enlightened never, ever disappoints. I couldn't agree more. And they deliver their feel-good frozen desserts straight to your door. Doesn't get any better than that. The summer of Sundays is on. Find out more about Enlightened and where to find them in your local grocery store by visiting eenlightened.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y. And don't forget to use the code D-I-J-F-Y 10 to get 10% off your order plus free shipping. Stacy, all of our kids are on summer break. It couldn't be a more perfect time to welcome back our sponsor, KiwiCo. We love their super cool art and steam projects all year round, but they are especially great in the summer when the kids have so much free time and we're looking for creative ways to keep them busy. Yes. KiwiCo makes it so easy with fun projects that also happen to stretch their brains. But shh, don't tell the kids that. My favorite part is that every KiwiCo crate comes with everything your child needs for their project. They can get started right away. No shopping or legwork for us. You can help with a project for some quality time or hand the whole box over. Either way, it's easy breezy. A thoughtful activity for them, options for us, and no extra work or setup required. I'm also amazed at the huge range of projects. There's something for kids of all ages, from Emmett, who's six, to Ella, who's nine, and even Oliver, who's 11. And it doesn't stop there. Isaac is 14 and loves the Eureka crates, which come with amazing projects like building your own articulated lamp and an electric sharpener. And to be honest, I've been eyeing the maker crates for me. Such fun crafts that are perfect for teens and older hobbyists. Because to be honest, after last year, I'm craving some screen-free time for myself too this summer. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com backslash didn't I just feed you. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash didn't I just feed you. And if you join our community as a supporting member, you can enter for a chance to win a free three-month giveaway. Join for details. And thank you, KiwiCo. 
Okay, should we move into non-shellfish seafood? I know. I was going to say, somehow we mostly just talked about shellfish for this first little bit. Looking at this resource, which we'll share in the show notes to this like seafood nutrition site that I found, just to know, because I'm not as familiar. I just want, I also want to say, I haven't compared this against like seafood watch and what is the best, most sustainable thing to eat. And you, you should make your own choices around that. But things like halibut, salmon tuna swordfish which swordfish i I know stacy you have a lot to say about this go for it i love swordfish i think it's a great fish to grill it's nice and hearty again i don't know if it's just my kids or if this will resonate with other parents but i feel like the texture of swordfish feels a little bit more familiar. There's something about it being firm since my kids really like chicken, obviously, but even like pork, pork chops, you know, meat, it has a firmer texture that really speaks to them. And swordfish just has like a really great, clean, delicious flavor that I think pairs well with, again, that really light touch. So what are we talking about? Lemons, capers, oregano, vinaigrette. Oh, I love those green fryer peppers that are in season Mm. in summer. Those really light green ones. They're not spicy at all. Grill that up. Fresh herbs, you know, oregano and capers and a vinaigrette paired right on top of your grilled swordfish. And I think that's really, really delicious. What else? You can do swordfish in hunks. Yes, I was going to say swordfish very much gives me steak or pork chop vibes. So even though you're talking about all of these light ways to prepare it, I'm definitely like thinking about throwing it on the grill or cooking it in a little bit of oil on high heat on on the pan and getting it like super crispy on either side and serving it with things like chimichurri. I always want to call Romesco sauce, Romanesco, or maybe I'm getting those two both. Romesco. Yeah. Romesco. Like roasted, you know, it's like spicy and roasted red peppers in it. So good. So definitely more like steak adjacent with my sort of. Yeah. Which also makes me think of kebabs are great. Swordfish kebabs. And then all kinds of summer vegetables. I mean, it goes with anything. Like you could put eggplant, you know, whole grape tomatoes. Also, you can hunk swordfish and then toss it with a pasta. And that's another great thing that my kids like because it pairs the swordfish with something that they love. So I'll grill swordfish and then you can make either a light tomato sauce with olives. Again, I really like capers with swordfish or just something like buttery and herby and lemony. And then, you know, cut up the swordfish that's been grilled and toss it with your pasta or just put it right on top and it all kind of swirls together. That's also really delicious. Ooh, doesn't our former guest, Sheila Prakash, from her Mediterranean Everyday book, that was one of the ones where she was like, listen, I know this is going to sound weird, but there's a swordfish pasta in the book and it is so good. And I think your kids will just absolutely love it. And it is so good. I mean, you, I've made it since then. I have definitely made it it. too. And I've always made, I've always paired swordfish with pasta because it's also great with like, I've already mentioned capers a million times, like fresh summer tomatoes, <laughs> pine nuts, pesto, nice. you said chimichurri, lemon, olive oil, all these things that feel like you said, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned chimichurri as being adjacent to things like steak and pork, 
because that's true, but it's also very light. And the minute you pair it with swordfish and some pine nuts and summery fresh tomatoes, you have like a completely different vibe. It still feels very light and summery. Yes. Also, swordfish is a great candidate. I know this is going to sound crazy, but poaching, I think, is a very underrated cooking method. Like you make a flavorful broth. Again, it's like that same vibe that you're talking about light and summery. Maybe there's a little wine in it, a bay leaf. You're like, you do not have to make this super flavorful broth to poach in. And then you're just like very lightly cooking things. And especially if you like buy seafood and then you don't get around to cooking it, poaching it is another way that you can give it a second life, whether you poach it in broth or you poach it in a little bit of olive oil. And then you can turn that leftover flaky fish, whether it's swordfish or tuna or salmon into like salmon cakes or swordfish pasta salad later on down the line and have something that is cold that you're cooking on a night when it's really hot. Or not I love that. I love that. I also love poaching halibut too. And like that paired with just, again, fresh peak seasoned tomatoes, basil, some lemon zest, hearts of palm, you know, and lemon juice, and then maybe just finish the whole thing with a drizzle of really high quality olive oil. It's just so beautiful and summery. That also works with grilled fish too, by the way. I love how hard you're going for summer tomatoes, but I also want to say a lot of the things that you can do with tomatoes in the summer, you can also do with stone fruit, like peaches and nectarine, which are also in season. So like some grilled halibut with grilled peaches and sweet onions. Yum. Start with halloumi and a glass of rosé, grilled halloumi and a glass of rosé, and then that grilled halibut and peaches. Ooh, with hearts of palm and some sweet onions. Oh, when's dinner? I know. (laughs) I would make, when are we cooking together? Or how much I would like enjoy even talking about this. I was like, oh, we don't really eat that much seafood in the summer we eat it maybe once a week and then i just now i want to eat all of these things right so good you mentioned salmon i want to go to salmon because i know people love salmon people buy it a lot i am not a huge salmon fan it's not one of my like favorite things but the one way that i do enjoy salmon is by getting you know cedar planks or actually in our episode with the grill dads our grilling episode didn't they recommend a different type of wood Go to our show notes. It's there. And we link to it on Amazon. So just those smoked wood planks and grilling salmon on that makes all the difference to me. Just giving it just like a nice little light smoke flavor. Whether it's just like plain, I rub it with olive oil, salt, pepper, or like a grainy mustard and lemon. It just gives it a little something else that makes it so much more appealing to me. I hear what you're saying about salmon. It's sort of like ubiquitous in a way where it's too much overwrought. I don't know. But I now I'm like, oh, I want to poach some salmon, have like cold cooked salmon, or even I would do this with canned salmon if on a really busy weeknight and do like a whole fritter party, a fritter Friday. Fritter Fridays! (laughs) Zucchini fritters because my family for whatever reason cannot get it. Like we, they would eat zucchini every night if it was in fritters. I mean, obviously it's like a little bit bready and fried. So what's not to love, but then pairing that with like a salmon fritter. So good. And it's like a fun theme night. That's like not taco Tuesday, fritter Friday. Let's fritter Friday. 
is that me trying to make fetch happen like from mean girls where i'm like let's make fritter friday no and, and let me tell you something Megan. <laughs> people listen people listen because remember i think it must have been last summer because we were talking about cold pasta salad yes. and we joked about like how weird it is to have spaghetti as your pasta in a cold pasta salad. And we kind of laughed and I don't think we made fun. We kind of were just like, Oh, that's weird. But Hey, maybe we should do it. We should do it. And like just the other week, almost a year later in our listeners group, someone posted a recipe they found for a pasta salad made with spaghetti. And they were like, Hey, weren't the girls talking about this? Hilarious. So it, did we make it, that a thing? I'm going to take credit. We didn't. We, we did said, it we mentioned it. And we were like, wouldn't it be funny if we did make it a thing? And then we mm. didn't. But people remember when we say stuff like that. So I like it. Put it out there in the ether. Something's going to catch fire one day. Fritter I'm Friday. Start even before this episode airs. I'm going to just. <laughs> I like it. I like get it. it going. Okay. I don't want to move away from talking about like other types of seafood, but I feel like we cannot end a summer seafood episode without talking about raw applications, i.e. things like crudos, sushi at home, and ceviche. And pickled, um, none of- pickled seafood, like pickled shrimp yes. is delicious. I See, I think of pickled shrimp as poaching adjacent because I've pretty much only ever made pickled shrimp by poaching first. But so can you say more? Do you make a lot of ceviche? Do you make a lot of pickles? educate me. I don't make a lot, but I, I know what you mean by raw applications, except that they all, and well, not all, not sushi, like ceviche, I think of as being cooked ultimately. So I guess I was thinking more like vinegary, tangy applications where it's just really light. I've never pickled anything but shrimp, but it is so delicious in terms of seafood. Okay. I do love ceviche. When we traveled to Peru two years ago, we took a cooking class and we made a ceviche with tiger's milk is what they call it. That's the ceviche sauce. I'm going to dig up the recipe and see if that we can post it because the cooking class gave us a recipe that we can make at home. I feel like maybe we've shared it. The ceviche? Newsletter subscribers? Because I know that you've talked about that cooking class experience before. It was so great. And it's actually really easy. And, you know, I actually think when it comes to talking to kids about ceviche, probably better not to call it raw because technically it isn't. It does get cooked by the acid. And I don't know, my kids, I'm just speak about my experience. My kids definitely feel, especially Oliver, more comfortable eating it thinking that it's cooked. And then actually once he made that switch, and it's like, oh, this is cooked without heat. He got really like, he geeked out about it because he thought that that was cool, that acid could technically cook something. Isaac does like raw seafood. He likes sushi. You know that we've never made seafood sushi at home? We've made vegetable sushi at home. But have you ever made seafood sushi at home with your kids? No, but it's like on my list. Yeah. Because Emmett can like just throw down on sushi. And I think, don't tell Ella I said this, I think if it was made at home and she could see what was in it, she would eat all of the parts Interesting. Of it. There's something about like not understanding what's in a roll or like what the sashimi is that yes. I think she doesn't like. I mean, she's generally like not a fan of seafood, but yep. she was as a little kid. So I think it's a, a bit of the unknown, being scared of the unknown for her. 
Totally. Especially if we did like hand rolls or something at home where it's like, it doesn't have to be complicated. We don't necessarily need a rolling mat, but we can like wrap everything up sort of sushi Rito style. Yes. would be into that. I wonder. I mean, I think you should do it and report back. I do think that I really think this feels like a companion episode to our how to introduce seafood to your kids. Because I think it's the kind of thing where unless you're already a family that's eating seafood all the time, it's really about trial and error because it's for exactly the same reason why I like seafood in the summer, that light touch. It doesn't become completely indistinguishable. You know what I mean? Like it isn't melting into a stew and there aren't tons of other ingredients. The whole point is that it's light. It's distinguishable as fish. It has a slightly different texture. So there are a lot of what for some kids might feel like barriers. So, you know, it's just about kind of experimenting and trying different things. But I agree that trying sushi at home could be really fun. Just make sure to get your fish from a fishmonger or make sure to ask the person behind the fish counter at your supermarket if it's sushi grade, because that's really important. That's important for ceviches too and pickled seafood as well, just for taste and quality. But those dishes do, in fact, quote unquote, cook. But sushi, you're just like eating raw. That's a good reminder that we did put in our how to eat, how to get your family to eat seafood episode is sort of this idea of like, if you want your kids to like seafood, buy the best quality that you can afford. It tastes better smells better, all of that. So it's like a lot of the reason to look for high quality seafood in general. Um, I want to play like a little bit of devil's advocate, but I don't know that I have all the science chops to back it up, which is you keep saying, quote unquote, cooked, ceviche is cooked, but technically it's just the proteins that are coagulated for something to be cooked. It does have to like, by definition, it does have to have heat on it. But I would not try to explain that to a six-year-old personally. I like <laughs> I'm with you in the idea of like just tell them it's ceviche, it's cooked via acid. Like I would not try yes, to explain totally. the science behind it. Totally. Um, and I don't and stand I'll- behind my definition of cook, my technical definition of cook. I just mean it isn't raw anymore. Yeah. Maybe we can follow up in the show notes with like some links to arguments. I bet it's like a thing that's kind of debated whether it's cooked or not. Okay. We talked about a little bit about sushi and crudo and ceviches, but you did promise us that we were going to talk about lobster rolls. And I want to make sure that we talk yes. about lobster rolls because as you may know, if you've li- listened to previous episodes this summer, one of my summer bucket list items is just like one perfect lobster roll. And I haven't yet decided if that's going to be homemade because I'm not sure where to go yet in our new city or... I'm going to like go on a special trip to find it. I just okay. want one perfect, like I, and I do want it to be like the mayonnaise based one with yes. potato chips and a cold beer. Yeah. That's yes. what I want. Okay. It's very specific. Okay. Megan, I cannot help myself. So I, while you were talking about that, I did look up ceviche. Is ceviche cooked? And we're both right. So technically speaking, <laughs> we are. Technically speaking, no, no you're we right. Can have that. Listen, yes, okay. we can. I think that's a beautiful thing. Technically speaking, fish ceviche is not cooked since cooking requires heat. Check. You were correct. However, ceviche is not raw. Citric acid is also a form of quote unquote cooking through a chemical process called denature. 
Oh, so, I said coagulated, but it is denaturing. It's the proteins. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that's the answer. We don't have to let, I'm actually just trying to save us time when we do the show notes. <laughs> we addressed it here. That's not something okay. we're going to address oh, okay. in the show notes. Okay. okay. Now, give me my lobster roll, Deets. I mean, what do you want to know? Like, I Well, just, you said there's different types of lobster There are. Roll. Like, some are butter lobster rolls. Not everyone okay. uses the mayonnaise kind. And then there's different la- levels of mayonnaise. For me, it's a very light mayo. I really need there to be celery, but finely chopped. I really need there to be chives on top. Like that, you know, there's some, like, wiggle room in the rest of what I get in there. But the light mayo. Oh, and a buttered, a buttered toaster. I was roll. about to ask you, is buttered this like toaster the burger roll. episode where it must be on a toasted roll. It must be on yes. a toasted. Like, yeah. And I, a potato roll is my favorite. I actually prefer it to a brioche roll, which is a really popular choice. But nothing to me beats a toasted potato roll with that has been buttered. Okay. Would you go all out and make? the lobster roll at home so you can have it perfectly or you you're in New York. So I feel like it's kind of unfair. Like you can kind of go anywhere and get a great, perfect lobster roll. Right. I mean, I don't know that I could go anywhere, but it's true. Like when there are debates about lobster rolls, it's usually Maine style versus I think Connecticut style. Okay. But they're, you know, both pretty nearby and in like beach towns all around New York and New Jersey, you're going to find lobster rolls. This is one of those foods, and I think we talked about this in an early episode like a long time ago. This is one of their foods that even if I made it perfectly at home, it's just not the same. Like, I want it to be served to me. (laughs) I just don't, like, I just don't want to make a lobster roll. I can agree with you on that. I'm just telling you, like, I'm not sure where to go to get a perfect lobster roll in Chattanooga. And, like, I have to have it this summer. My summer will not be complete without it. So I may compromise and make it at home so that I can have it. Now, are you going to make like the Connecticut style is the just butter, butter on a roll or you want the main style? Yeah. A little bit of lemon juice, finely diced celery, chives on top. I want, I do want the like, which I don't know if this is a potato roll or a brioche roll, but like. The sides are, it's not a burger bun. It is like a specific lobster roll bun where the sides are not crusty. It's like the top that's crusty and it splits down the middle. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to special order them once for a project, like a food styling project. Like you can't just find them anywhere. They're like a very specific I think they're, lobster I think roll it's like a New England bun. thing. And I think they're called yes. like Frankfurter rolls. Maybe. Okay. And I okay. think that the key is that you can butter both sides. Yeah. So that's the top has for. that brown finish that we're used to seeing on the entire outside of hot dog rolls. But these, like you said, it's just the top. And then both the inside and the outside of the sides of the roll are like inside. And you can griddle and butter them. Yeah. One summer, I can't remember if it was actually kitchen and I just didn't work on the recipe or if it was like Bone App, another like an or another food publication. They did like a whole face off of lobster rolls. And now I'm kind of like, well, should I do that? Should I make a like the brown butter buttered version Ooh. and the mayo main version? Can you wait till I visit? <laughs> I want this. 
<laughs> oh, does that qualify as someone else making it for you and serving yes, you? Yes, totally. Okay, I, I have that. another question for you. Lettuce or no okay. lettuce on your lobster roll? You know, know how sometimes ha- people put a piece of bib lettuce at the bottom? Bib or butter lettuce? Yeah. Does it matter? No. I kind of feel I like, mean, no. Remember my anxieties of like the stuff falling off of the bun for burgers? Oh, yes. <laughs> I feel like lettuce in the lobster roll is the same thing. I can't stop laughing. I don't know why. That's so funny. It's not is it funny. funny. My anxieties. Feelings are okay. valid and real. I just think it's funny. Thank you. I have to say one more thing about lobster rolls that I forgot because chives okay. are key, but I also love, it doesn't have to be, but I love tarragon in mm. my lobster roll too, in my lobster salad. Okay. We're going to have to do this face off while you're here. And you know, I think that this is a good moment to just say also any kind of seafood salad, right? Like yes. uh, store-bought or homemade, made with salmon, made with shrimp, little made with baby shrimp. But this is, you know, last year you said it was the summer of sandwiches. I think that seafood salad sandwiches are really great summer food and really easy too. That falls in the, cat. like, I love a lobster roll, but uh, any other kind of seafood salad falls in my weird like coleslaw potato salad pasta salad category where I can only <laughs> eat it if I make it and I know exactly what's in it. Okay. That, I mean, listen, that is fair. You know what I love I on a roll though? The, like if you go to the Italian specialty shop and you get a seafood salad and it's like a vinaigrette based and there's celery and like hot cherry peppers and some calamari and some shrimp. I love that. And that's I probably really good would in a eat roll that, too. No questions asked. Cause it's not the mayonnaise. Like yeah. Hiding things. Yes. I really feel like I'm like revealing a lot of my I like anxiety. I like it. I think everybody else likes it too. Do. So thank you for being here to support me. Wait, did you hear about that whole like subway controversy? Oh, like, is it actually tuna? There was no, not, tuna DNA. no tuna DNA. Yeah, there was no tuna DNA in their tuna salad. This is the stuff that gives me anxiety. It's like, is it? <laughs> Is that this tuna or is this chicken? What is I have? that gross. whole like gross. Jessica Simpson thing? Okay, I think we have to. We could go down another road. All right, hole. sorry, we'll That's stop. Of food anxieties and <laughs> concerns. That'd be a fun like, episode. episode. That'd be a really fun yes. episode. Maybe for our listeners' community. I love episode. that. Hey, join our community by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. We offer a free listeners group there, as well as a supporting membership that comes with. Hella perks, including two exclusive mini episodes every month, live events, lifetime access to our private Instagram feed, and more. And I want to add that we'll be doing our first live that's exclusive for our community when we're together in person in August. So it's not too late to not hop on board. Hey, we're going to train have and watch us and hang eat out. lobster rolls. That's weird. <laughs> they need to watch it. Okay. okay. Okay, and Megan mentioned that private Instagram feed. We really love being there, but also you can just find us on regular Instagram. We are at Didn't I Just Feed You. You can subscribe to our newsletter from there as well, or go to our site and you can find everything our Instagram, the community, our newsletter, whatever you need from us. Also, quick reminder to subscribe, leave that rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. We love having you. Um, We don't want you to miss an episode. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week.
Hey, Oliver. Yep. What's your favorite cheese? Pepper Jack. Oh, no, no, no. Mozzarella. Yeah, mozzarella. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.